welcome to 86 Giving a Shit, a podcast where a banker talks about an imaginative, imaginative restaurant where he wishes he worked. And in this restaurant that he made up, a lot of shit transpires. I am Dimitri, or Tumultuous. I'm a banker. I work on Deutsche at the wall, you know? But near me, sometimes I go to lunch at this place, and I often think about how the employees there were that. And, uh, you know, as such. I've been lucky in my life. People call me lucky all the time. They say, you know, you always get what you want one way or another. You always do what you want, you never get in trouble for it. I, for the longest, have fought that and said, it's not luck, it's preparation meeting opportunity. But you have to look back at it, and some of it you do have to choke up. It's just sheer luck. For example, I was in Italy for two months because I was one of the three people chosen to go on an externship after my banking school to go to Italy to teach banking to people who didn't know how to bank. And while we were teaching banking, we did some cooking lessons too. And where we were was this beautiful olive tree plantation and a you know, big, big property owned by a baron and a countess you know, in Italy, in Tuscany, in a small town called Massarossa between Viareggio and Luca. And I spent two months there uh, living next to the cows. We were literally, the interns were bunked above where the, the cows were. And we had, you know, they set it up with beds. So we fed the cows wine at night and we had some fun, played some instruments. Because one of the guys had a band that lived there. I think it was like the Countess's son or something. His name was Nico. And I never really spoke to the Countess or the Baron too much because one, they didn't speak English, and two, they were, you know, the fucking Countesses and Barons. Baron was a very nice guy, but he didn't have to be, and he knew that. But despite everything, he was. And I remember one time, he called me over, and I came over, and he had the person who was leading the internship translate to me that he wanted me to be at the grounds where we, you know, did our um, courses or our lessons tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Sharp. Don't be late. And he didn't say this, but the lady said to me, you might want to shave and get dressed. And I was thinking to myself, like, why me? There's four of us here. Why me? And what the fuck? We mean get dressed. What am I? What is this? She's like, he wants you to meet someone. Actually, he wants someone to meet you. I'm thinking to myself, like, what the fuck? I don't even know. I've never met this guy before. I just got here like a month ago. Like, he wants me to meet somebody. Like, who is it? I hope it's a hot chick. So sure enough, I fucking get up there, 6.45, you know, bright and early. And I'm walk- as I'm walking up, I see that there's a couple of picnic tables um, laid out with a bunch of like half-eaten food, empty bottles of wine. And it just looks like a party went on all that night, all night last night. But I missed, apparently, because I was sleeping, getting ready for this fucking 7 a.m. visit. I come up, and it's the Baron. And he's talking to another man about his age, probably like late 60s, early 70s. And they're laughing and they're standing and they're talking and the, the guy was well-dressed, nothing like overly over the top, but well-dressed. He had a cane that he didn't use, but he was holding it on his arm. And he had a you know, plastic cup full of red wine and totally smashed. And so was the Baron, but like smashed in like an elitist sort of way. Like the, the Baron is basically royalty, you know what I mean? So that's how when they get drunk, you can't really tell that they're drunk, but you can't, you know, like even when they get drunk and sloppy, they're like have etiquette while doing it. So the Baron didn't speak any Russian. And the man who was visiting the Baron happened to be Russian. 
He happened to be very, 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 very Russian. In fact, dare I say it, he's one of the most Russian people you will ever meet if he's still alive. One of the most influential figures in Russia to that day that he died because he was one of the very last remaining descendants of the Romanov family. Romanovs were the Tsar's family that got annihilated by Lenin's Bolsheviks, by Rasputin and all of that whole shebang bang Disney movie Anastasia Dmitri. Right? When they got away, a couple of them got away. It was Anastasia was one of the girls and a couple of other kids. And obviously they sought refuge in Campo Romano, which was where I was in Italy, with this Baron's family, and they grew up together when they were kids. So now the guy was visiting the Baron and, you know, just, just to shoot the shit, so to speak. They stayed up all night drinking, eating, having fun, having fun catching up. And uh, the Baron, the reason that he asked me to come was because he wanted the man to experience someone from his native language, native tongue, to be there as an extra addition to hospitality. So like the guy was obviously hospitable. He didn't even, first of all, the Romanov didn't demand hospitality. He was just there to say hi to an old friend, but the Baron insisted on it. That's why the Baron had me dressed up over there. And sure enough, we spoke. I did speak to the man. I have a picture shaking his hand. And for the whole time, like for the half of the conversation, I spent about, about an hour and a half with him, maybe two hours till nine. I had, for the half of the time, I didn't know who he was. And even when he told me, I kind of was still like, big deal type of thing. And he chuckled at it. And then I realized later on how much of a big deal that was to meet this person. Because to tell you the truth, there are probably still people on this planet now that would have wanted him dead because of what happened so many decades ago with his family when he was a kid. The Bolsheviks aren't fucking around. Lenin's grave is still being patrolled constantly by armed guards, okay, where he's buried. So his memory ain't exactly dead. So long story short, I spoke to this man, mostly spoke about me, actually. He asked a lot of questions about me. He, and then I asked him about him when he finally told me who he was. And there was no reason for them to lie. There's no reason for them to embellish. There's no reason for them to have me go up there, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning just to tell the story over a decade later to people on the podcast. I don't think that's what their intention was. I think the intention was for the Baron to actually be hospitable to the last descendant of the Romanov family from the true bloodline before it was broken or before it was diluted or whatever. One of the girls, apparently, when she was there at the Campo Romano with him, fell down steps and broke her neck when she actually died on her own, which is fucking terrible, but still. So what I'm trying to say here is this goes into hospitality because the person that sold 11 Madison Park, Daniel Hum's restaurant, well, he's an executive chef, that now went vegan after being named the number one restaurant in the world. The previous owner had sold it as it was the restaurant, number one restaurant in the world. But he did something, he had a story to tell about a couple of that was eating or a quartet that was eating. And they mentioned that we've had everything in New York except for a hot dog. He ran outside, bought a hot dog, forced the chef to make it and really lit up their day because, you know, they overheard the going above and beyond service hospitality, um, far exceeding expectations daily. If you want to be very Landry's about it, I was dating a girl from Landry. She told me about it. So what I'm trying to say here is do not neglect the chance 
to take an extra step to go over the top. Now, going over the top could be a lot of different things, but going over the top is something like that. Hearing something someone said, and then acting on that without hesitation immediately, to that person is going to mean the world. It doesn't matter if he doesn't know you or she doesn't know you. It doesn't matter if you've never met before. If you hear somebody say something and you act on that impulse and you give them that little something, however much the hot dog was, $3, you know what I mean? Which the restaurant paid back. It's not, that's not even the point. The money here is not the issue. The issue here is the gesture. And the gesture is important only because the person was paying attention and then chose to be going above and beyond. The Baron didn't have to invite me over. He didn't have to have a Russian kid talk to the Romanov and have him tell him a story. But he did, and he felt great about it. We shook hands. I took a picture with him, which was like a big no-no, but he was so drunk that I guess he didn't care. And he said, I remember shaking his hand. He goes, no, 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 don't shake my hand this way. Let's shake it like diplomats. And so we shook hands like diplomats, whoever the fuck that is. <laughs> I was like, uh, what, how old was I, like 19? 20 years old, probably, 20, 20. So for me, I was in the right place at the right time. And that was sheer luck because I got to meet one of the most influential people alive in terms of the history of the Russian Federation. And to the Baron, showed the expo, extra hospitality. To his old friend, the Romanov, he got somebody to t tell a couple of his stories to and listen to some of his. So all in all, it was a good day. So what I'm trying to tell you is when you see that moment, go for it. If you hear your significant other say something that they like, get it for them. Don't give it to them right away either. Just get it for them and hold on to it if you can. Have them find it by accident, if anything. Better than them finding your fucking phone filled with messages from another woman. You know what I mean? You gotta stop with that shit. Just do good. Do right. And fear no more.